have a seat. Welcome to those who are here in the blue seats, those who are um, part of our online community. We are so glad to have you uh, with us uh, today. So I say he is risen. You say he is risen indeed. Indeed, He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. We praise the Lord for the fact that we come together to celebrate the resurrected Christ. So as, uh, as Kayla and Ronnie were saying in kind of the, the pre-service announcements that we've been on this journey for the last seven weeks where we have been focused on the last eight chapters of the book of Matthew, which chronicled the time between Christ's triumphant entry into Jerusalem to his resurrection. And uh, because those two things, kind of Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday and kind of the church calendar, because they come a week apart, Sometimes we forget all the stuff that happened in that time, more than we've been able to even cover in these seven weeks. But as, uh, as Kayla and Ronnie mentioned, we've got this, I don't know that we've ever given out a scroll before, but you've got kind of a scroll when you came in that uh, gives you a little overview of the series, the text of the series, the stories of the, of the series, and uh, kind of a map of Jerusalem that tells you where all of those events took place, which is very, very cool. And if you want to kind of go a little deeper and, and learn a little more about that, all of our messages over the last seven weeks are, are at our website, uh, fairfax.cc. And so we encourage you um, to take a look at those. So I want to start today by having us read this um, incredibly familiar passage about the resurrection of Christ. It comes from the gospel of Matthew. And I want just kind of an honor of God's word uh, for all of us, if you would, just to stand together in the honor of God's word, and uh, we'll read this. Matthew 28, starting in verse 1. It says, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, who you saw crucified, who died and was placed in this tomb. Like, I know that you are here to, to put incense on the body. I know that you are here to, to take care of the body. I know that you are here to, to see and take care of the crucified one. But he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him, the risen Lord. Now, I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid and yet filled with joy. Have you ever experienced that where something is going on, God is at work in such a way that it's just kind of scary at some level that he's taking you down this path and, and you're experiencing what you're experiencing, but there's also this sense of overwhelming joy of the fact that God is doing something miraculous in your life. Like that's what they are experiencing in this moment. Afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly, Jesus met them. Would that not have been amazing? Greetings, he said. They came to Jesus, they clasped his feet, 
and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Not the crucified Christ, not the one that hung on the cross three days ago, but the risen Christ, the Christ that is alive, the Jesus that is alive. They will see me. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his scripture. You can have a seat. All right, Here, here's maybe, there's so many different ways that you can go when you talk about the resurrection, but here's one of the most important things, I think, to understand the resurrection. And that is that the resurrection is not just some historical event that you either choose to believe or you don't believe, but it doesn't really make much of a difference in how you live your life, right? There are some people that, believe in the resurrection and probably the reason that you're here is because you believe in the resurrection but there's a lot of people that don't believe in the resurrection but but the resurrection is not just this historical belief that that either you believe in or you don't believe in but it doesn't really change how you live your life like there are historical facts that are like that right like a lot of people believe and are convinced that 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 human beings walked on the moon. But there's like a contingent of people that are not quite sure that that happened. And, and, and they've come up with like all kinds of interesting like little theories. Oh, it was faked. It was in a sound studio. It was done like it hasn't really happened. But it doesn't really matter like whether you believe that that happened or didn't believe that it happened. It doesn't really change how you're going to live your life. Or, or a lot of people are you know, convinced that, that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in, in shooting JF. But then there's a bunch of people who have made, by the way, millions of dollars on documentaries and movies. They're like, I'm not convinced of that. Like, I'm not sure that he acted alone. I think there were some other folks that were involved in that. But whether you believe that or not, it doesn't really change how you live your life. The same is not the case for the resurrection. Like the resurrection is different than that. If you believe in the resurrection, if you really, truly understand the meaning of the resurrection, it should absolutely change the way that you live your life. Now, there's lots of different ways that it changed the way you live your life. But let me just mention two today. The first is this. The resurrection empowers you to do things that you never, that you never ever thought that you could do. After the resurrection, Jesus tells the 11 disciples, I want to meet you in Galilee. And he, he, he wants to meet, there's 11, if you remember, there's 11, there was 12 disciples, but Judas, one of the disciples, is the one that betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver and was so filled with shame and guilt after he had done that, that before he had the chance to see the resurrected Jesus, who would have forgiven him just like he forgave Peter for turning his back on Jesus, but doesn't see the resurrected Jesus, doesn't give Jesus that chance, and out of his despair and shame and guilt and all of that, he takes his own life. And so now there are these 11 disciples left, and Jesus tells the 11 disciples, I want to meet you in Galilee, one, because I want you to see that I'm alive, but also because I have something to share with you. And this is what he shares with these 11 disciples. This is how the Gospel of Matthew wraps up, 28, uh, chapter 28 wraps up, starting in verse 16. This is what it says. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted, some of them, even after seeing Jesus. Like, if you feel like you're the only person that doubts, like, you're not alone. Like, even the disciples, even after seeing 
the resurrected Christ, like still kind of struggling with this whole thing and having some doubts. But some of them doubted. But then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And then, this how he wraps up. This is the very last verse of the Gospel of Matthew. The very last verse that Matthew records about what Jesus did and what Jesus said. This is the very, very last thing that he has Jesus saying. And surely I am with you always to the very, very end of the age. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, sometimes we read this passage and it's so familiar to so many people and we kind of miss what's really happening here. Think about this. Jesus is telling this group of uneducated, unemployed, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, guys, that they're going to change the world. Like they are going to be the guys that are a part of changing the world, that, that they and those who come after them are going to go into every single nation on the face of the planet and they're going to tell people about Jesus and how much God loves them and what Jesus has done for them and people are going to listen to the message of these uneducated, unemployed, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, followers of Jesus, they're going to listen to that message and they're going to believe it and they're going to put their faith in Jesus and they're going to become followers of Jesus Christ and they're going to become disciples. They're going to become baptized and the world is going to get turned upside down and change because of how God is going to use these folks. And you know, what's interesting is that he says, this is what you're going to do. You are going to change the world. And their response, think about this, because sometimes God calls us to do something maybe not quite as grand as what he is telling these guys that they're going to do. And like we get scared to death, like, oh, I'm not qualified. I haven't taken enough classes. I don't know the Bible enough, all that. Like we get like freaked out, like we're not sure to do it. Like these guys hear this thing. You're going to change the world. You're going to go into every nation on the face of the planet. And their response is, okay, we can do that. Like, okay, we got that. And the reason is because Jesus is alive and he has promised that he will go with them, that he will be with them. Let me ask you a question. What would you attempt for Jesus? Like, what would you attempt for Jesus if you walked, really walked in the reality that not only is Jesus alive, but that he will always be with you? Like, how would that change your confidence? How would that change your boldness? How, would your, how, would, how fearless would you become if you really embrace the reality that the God of the universe, the most powerful being in the universe, not only had your back, not only was on your side, but promised to be with you no matter what. In whatever circumstance you go, like, I will be with you. As you're trying to, live out this mission that I've called you, like I will be with you. Like what would you try to accomplish for Jesus if you truly, truly, truly believe that? Think about it this way. If you were starting a business and we've got a number of entrepreneurs in our church, if you were starting a business and Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett or, or someone else came to you and said, uh, I'm gonna invest um, I'm going to invest in, in, the, in the venture that you 
are launching. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the full weight of my resources behind what you are doing. And don't worry if you fail. Like, don't, like if you fail, fail boldly. If you fail, um, fail trying to do something amazing. Fail trying to do something awesome because I just don't believe in your idea. It's not just that I believe in your idea. It's not just that I believe in this particular venture. Like, I believe in you. I, I, I put my faith in you. And I believe that something great, that you're gonna do something great. So I'm going to be with you no matter what until that something great happens. Like, I'm with you no matter what. Like, if you were starting a business venture, how would that change the way that you went about that business? Like, like how would that impact your confidence? How would that impact your your boldness, like, like would that cause you to be less bold or, or like way more bold? Like what would that do? I have a sense that it would just, it would just take your confidence to the, to the sky, like it would just increase your, I have a sense that it would tap in to some creativity in your heart that you never even knew that you had just knowing that someone like that with those resources was willing to invest in you. Folks, Jesus has risen from the grave and he has told you and he has told us to go and change the world. And he has said, as you do that, as you attempt to do that, that I will be with you to the very end of the age. Like I will never, ever, ever abandon you. So folks, go and figure out, like this is what all of us have to do with our lives. We have to figure out, okay, where has God, what little corner of the world has God given me influence? What little corner of the world has God given me a platform, whatever it is, figure out like what is that, what is that place? What is that area where you have influence? And then, on the basis of what Jesus is saying, like do something bold, do something crazy, do something incredible, like do not let fear keep you from doing what God has called you to do. You know, God calls all of us, not just pastors, not just missionaries, like every single person who's a follower of Jesus, God is calling you to do something. And sometimes we do not do that which God calls us to do because we're scared, we're afraid, we're not sure we're the person, we're not sure we're training it, whatever it is. Like, don't let fear keep you from living out whatever the calling is that God has on your life. That's the first thing, that's the first thing. The resurrection gives us a boldness and a courage to accomplish things that we never, ever thought that we could accomplish. That's the first thing. Second thing is this, the resurrection changes your perspective on the really tough stuff, on the really hard things in life. For all the family and friends of Jesus gathered at the cross that Friday, they must have thought this was the worst day in the history of the world. Because right there in front of them on full display was all the evil, all the suffering, all of the injustice, all of the awfulness, all of the betrayal, all of the rejection that you could possibly imagine. And yet, two days later, on the third day, Jesus rose from the grave and the perspective of that same group, of everyone in that group, changed. The resurrection didn't change the awfulness 
of the cross. The resurrection declared that God is victorious over the awfulness. The resurrection allows those of us in the middle of history to look, to get this glimpse, to look to the hint, to the end of history and see the final score. And when we do that, what do we see? We see that God wins. That's what we see. We see that God is victorious, that God wins. And if we are in Christ, we see that we win as well. Now, some of you are probably thinking, okay, that's great. That's Easter stuff. That's all about the future. I get that. But what does that have to do with all the tough stuff that I'm going through right now? Like, I'm in the middle, like that's awesome what's gonna happen in the future, but like I'm in the middle of stuff I don't wanna be in the middle of right now. I'm dealing with stuff I don't wanna go through right now. Like what does that have to do with the stuff like with real life and what I'm facing right now? Everything, it has everything to do with real life right now because the resurrection changes our perspective on everything that we are going through. It doesn't mean that the tough stuff is it hard? It doesn't mean that we may not wish that we were having to go through this, that we might not wish that we were kind of experiencing that. Like, it doesn't mean that any of that changes. It just means that as we're going through it, we know the final score. Some of you know uh, that I'm a huge Bears fan. And uh, I'm living in D.C. for 35 years. I've had to repent of that several times. But I'm a Bears fan and people still can't figure out like, why are you a Bears fan? Like, did you live in Chicago? No, I never lived in Chicago. Here's the deal. I never lived in Chicago. I've never even been to Soldier Field. Like I've never actually watched a home game of the Bears in Soldier Field where they play their home games. Here's how it happened. When I was nine years old, I decided I was gonna kind of pick a couple of teams, baseball teams, football team, all that, that was gonna be my team. And I guess that I am an incredibly loyal person because for, for all of these years, 55 years, like since I was nine, for all of these years that I have, I have followed, it's actually more than 55 year follow. It's really 50. As of a couple of days ago, it's I think 57. Okay, so anyway, for all these years, I've been a Bears fan. And if you're a Bears fan for all those years, if you know anything about the Bears, and, and so you go, I, I don't get this illustration because I don't know anything about the Bears. But I'll, I'll tell you, if you know anything about the Bears, there hasn't been a, there hasn't been a lot to cheer about <laughs> in the last 57 years. Okay, can I just say that? Not a lot to cheer about. So like the Bears won the Super Bowl um, in, it was 1985 Bears, but they actually won in 1986. That was 35 years ago. That was when I moved to Fairfax and I thought, oh, I'm gonna have bragging rights for all these people from Washington. I'm gonna have bragging rights for like a long time because this dynasty, they're incredible. Uh, and then they just never got back. And, and here's what made it really, really bad is that I got here and I'm bragging about the Bears and Washington, the, com the com I can't say it. Yeah. <laughs> the commanders, I just, I cannot say it. I like the Washington football team actually better. I like that name better. But anyway, like the Washington team like started winning Super Bowls. Now, some of you like are under 30, you go like, really? Washington used to win games and, and all that? And like you go, yeah, look at it on the History Channel. It's like all there about Washington. They used to win games. It was awesome and it was incredible and all that kind of stuff. But, and they won them like all after I moved here. But 
But here's the thing that's sick is that, you know, people say, why are you still a Bears fan? And, and I say, because I really think they're just in a 57 year slump. I just think, <laughs> I think they're gonna come out of it. And I'm still, this is where I'm sick, okay? This is where I have a problem. This is where I need therapy is that I still have hope. I still have hope in the Bears, which I know is sick. So when I watch one of their games, I'm still filled with anxiety and tension and all of this stuff because I want them so bad to win. Now, sometimes I'll record a game and I'll want to watch it as if it's live, right? Like sometimes you do that where you record it and you say, I don't want to know the score and everything because I want to watch it as if it's live. Sometimes I'll do that and then I'll find out. So sometimes people will do it because they're mean and they'll, they'll know I've recorded it. They know I'm a Bears fan. They said, oh, did you hear the Bears lost? You know, it's just like, like it's terrible. It's really mean. But uh, sometimes I'll find out, you know, what the score is. And uh, sometimes I'll, I'll look at my phone and I'll say, oh, I shouldn't have looked and all of that. But, but here's the deal. When they win, because it's not that frequent, like when they win, even if I know the score, and I know that they won, and I know the final score and all of that, if I've recorded the game, I'll still watch it. And it's a completely different viewing experience, okay? Because I know how it turns out. Like, I know the final score. So if they fumble, no big deal. Like, that's no big deal. I'll fumble all you want. I don't care. Because I know the final score, and I know who wins? Like, and they, they throw an interception, they throw a pick six, no big deal. I don't care. Throw all the interceptions that you want. Like, I know the final score. They get behind, it's in the fourth quarter. It's like no team could ever come back from this. And it's just like, I'm not worried because I know the final score. I know who wins. And folks, the resurrection, that's what the resurrection does in our lives. In the midst of all the messiness, in the midst of all of the awfulness and all of the uncertainty in this broken world that we deal with. The resurrection allows us to see the final score and know that God wins. And knowing that changes everything right now. It gives you a peace and a hope and a confidence even in the midst of really, really crummy things that would be impossible to have if the future was still in doubt. That's the peace and the hope that I want every single person who's in this space this weekend, who's part of our worshiping community online this week, this is the peace and the hope and the confidence that I want every single one to know. I want you to know the peace and the hope that comes from knowing, from knowing that God wins. Some of you know that in January, I was diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer. And it came um, as, you know, as you would imagine, it came as a huge surprise and, and um, no idea and never been a smoker and all that. I've come to learn a lot about lung cancer since then and knowing that, you know, there's certain kinds of lung cancer that have nothing to do with external things. And, and uh, that was the kind that I, God. But, but here's what's interesting is that, you know, since that diagnosis, I've seen, I've just experienced miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And uh, I've talked before about the fact of, man, don't miss the miracles along the way waiting for the big miracle because like you'll miss what God is doing. And I, 
And I've not wanted to miss what God is doing. And I've just seen God do just miracle after miracle after miracle. It's just been amazing the many ways in which God has been at work. But one of the things if you, you know, if you know anything about like maybe you've gotten cancer or someone that you know you care about has gotten cancer, you know that one of the things that happens is that they do like tons of tests. Like they're always doing tests uh, on you, which is a really, really good thing. And one of the tests that they've been doing on me like all along is this blood test that has a number that's associated with and the number kind of indicates whether the cancer is growing or whether the cancer is like in retreat. And for someone who um, doesn't have cancer, if they were to kind of do that blood test, the number uh, is basically under 4.7. Like if someone gets under 4.7, they get a two or three or whatever, like under 4.7, that that probably indicates that they, they don't have cancer. Um, when that blood test was first administered to me back in January, my number on that test was 150. In fact, it was, it was actually over, it was in the 150s. And, and I, um, I had even folks that are like cancer specialists, all that, who just, I, I think they were trying to comfort me, but it, like, it wasn't covered. They said, we've never seen a number like that. <laughs> like, it's just like, they were like, wow. And, um, and then last month, I had the test done again. And um, you know, I've been on this targeted therapy and, and uh, having some amazing docs and all of that and people praying for me and all of the things that just surrounded me um, in an incredible way. And so I had the test done a month ago and the number was 27, so, which was awesome. And then uh, I didn't actually know, I didn't know this. I, I had the test done this week and uh, again, and, and on, on resurrection weekend, I find out that the number now is 7.4. And uh, so it's just really cool. And, uh, you know, and so it's, you know, it, it, it certainly seems like the targeted therapy is, is, is working and, and God is is in the process of, of healing my body, and I am unbelievably grateful for that. I mean, I can't, I can't express um, how grateful I am for that. I don't take that for granted, and I know that everyone's journey is different, and, and uh, I'm just incredibly grateful for it. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to hear. My hope is not in my healing. The healing that God is doing in my body right now is just this momentary little glimpse. This little, this little peak in the present of this grand and glorious complete and total healing that everyone who is in Jesus everyone who's put their hope in him will one day experience and so my hope is not in the healing my hope is in the one who rose from the dead My hope is in the one who was victorious over death. Because I know what that means is 
whatever happens to this earthly body going forward, that whatever happens to this body, that Jesus' victory over death is my victory over death. And Jesus' life is my life, eternal. And Jesus' hope is my hope. And Jesus' future is my future. Which means that for every single person who is in Christ, every single person who is in Christ, that no failure is final, no illness is final, no death is final, that no matter what, you're going through and how challenging it is or difficult it is that you can experience genuine peace and genuine hope and genuine confidence because we know the final score and God wins. Can we just say that again? We know the final score and... God wins. We know the final score and we know the final score and God, we are so thankful for Resurrection Weekend that gives us a glimpse in the middle of history to the end of history that reminds us of what the final score is, that reminds us that, that regardless of what we go through on this side, that the victory ultimately is yours. And that doesn't just change the future, that changes how we live the present. That we're able to live with a confidence and a hope and a a peace that comes from knowing that you win. That comes from knowing that you are victorious over everything, (laughs) over everything. And we just give you thanks for that today. But Lord, I want to give more than just thanks. I I know that chances are really good that there are some people who are part of this service today, whether in person or online, that that really their hope is, is not in you, is not in the resurrected Christ. That they've put their hope in some other things and Maybe at one point their hope was in you, but it's kind of gotten taken in a different direction, Lord. And I just want this Easter 2022, I just want to give a moment for you to do what you want to do in our lives. And that for anyone who needs to put their hope in you, who needs to experience the confidence and the peace the boldness of knowing that no matter what, that you are with them because you are alive. Lord, I pray that they could pray just this simple prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for paying for my sins and providing for my forgiveness. And thank you for rising from the grave and giving me hope and peace and confidence to deal with no matter 
what I deal with, to deal with it knowing that you have won. So I, I put my hope today in you. I trust you. I put my faith in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And I, I want you just for a moment, keep your heads bowed, keep your eyes closed. And if you prayed that prayer or some form of that prayer today, would you just be willing just to slip your hand up and say, yeah, put my hope, put my hope, or I, or I once again put my hope. Yeah, that's awesome. Don't feel afraid to do that. Yeah, committed my life to Jesus. I recommitted my life to Jesus. Yeah, just place your, I see that over to the left. That's great. Awesome right down here. It's fantastic. Yeah, right here in front. Man, God at work. So cool. Yeah, thank you so much for doing that. Fantastic. God, we just, we celebrate what you are doing this weekend and decisions that are being made and recommitments. And Lord, we're just thankful for all of that, for what you've done. We just pray that you would seal it with your Holy Spirit, that you would allow commitments to grow into a life journey with you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just celebrate what God is doing today? Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Now, I want to do one more thing. We're going to close it out with uh, some amazing, amazing worship. But I just want to give you an opportunity for those that, a couple of categories. Maybe you made a first-time commitment today, and this is, this is for those that are online. If you're online, there's a little... Um, icon there that you can push just say yeah i i, I prayed a prayer I, I i put my hope in jesus I, i'm trusting in jesus and what he's done for me you can just you know hit that icon but we want to walk with you like we know here at fairfax that faith is not just a moment of faith it's a life of faith it's it's not just accepting jesus it's it's walking with jesus and we want to help you walk with Jesus. And so whether you made a first-time commitment today or a recommitment to Jesus, and, uh, or, or maybe you made a commitment a long time ago, but if you were to be really honest about kind of where you are right now, you would just say, I'm kind of stuck spiritually, kind of, kind of, kind of dead spiritually, kind of stuck, and I really, I really want to get unstuck. And we want to help you to do that. We want to provide some, just some, just to connect with you so that we can kind of help you walk out this journey of faith. But to do that, we need to know who you are and need to have a way to connect with you. And so if you're online, it's really simple because there's just that icon. If you click it, there's a little form. You can just give us your name and email. Here in the sanctuary, it's a little bit more challenging because, you know, we're all here, but we've got uh, up by the cross, we have uh, little note cards and and uh, pins that you can put your name and put an email on and we have them in the back as well and and as we're worshiping just feel free like don't feel intimidated at all just feel free to come up and and put your name on a card or if you just want to come up and just like you normally do and put a prayer request or just want to come up and give a thanksgiving for something that god has done just feel absolutely free to do that let's stand together and let's worship him